Where a warp zone, 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 how many did I do? I don't know, I think that was seven or eight. I said five, but I think you were shooting for ten. Well, I'm done. You are done. My mouth feels weird now. Like I can't talk normally. Oh my. This is 8-Bit, episode 75, Survived an Alien Encounter, on Saturday, April 19th, 2014, and now, we're veterans in this industry. This episode is hosted by Ian Buck and Ian Decker. So, uh, last night was kind of a weird night. We went and uh, hung out at some friends' houses. Um, I was with Sonia and, and everybody, and the... Um, I wasn't planning on doing this, but we, we ended up watching Frozen. Very good movie, by the way. Yep. I can't believe it took me this long to see it. And so I ended up staying up until like 3.45. Uh, and then I was like, okay, I need to you know get up uh, by 11 in order to be ready for the podcast. Um, and this morning, you know, like... I, I get if I stay up too late, I get to this weird point in the morning where I'll like wake up a bunch of times in, in you know in short succession, but I you know won't like get up. I'll just go back to sleep, and I have the weirdest dreams during that time. Hmm. So one of one of them was uh, somebody saw. So I think that this was brought on by our uh, uh, voice acting additions for Dragon Age oh boy. because I. Got high, like they they cast me in Doctor Who <laughs> for for the return of the Master. I was going to be playing the Master in Doctor Who. <laughs> it never occurred to me during the dream that like this is very strange. I'm not British. It just seemed perfectly normal, and I was like really excited, and everybody was being really supportive of me, and it was great. And then I like woke up and I looked at the wall, and I'm like, like. I was really confused. I'm like, where am I? Oh, I'm in my room in the apartment, and I'm... Oh, that was a dream, wasn't it? Oh, man. Like, <laughs> I was so bummed out. It was really sad. And then... Loser. Yeah, the next the next dream that I had had to do with um, going, like, going to visit my family, and then suddenly, like, the, the movie Alien happened, and we were being chased by, I guess, probably more aliens, since there were multiple of them. But yeah, we we were chasing, we were being chased by them, and I think Jonas was the only one who had survived like an alien encounter before. So we were all just doing what he told us to do. He <laughs> was kind of the expert. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Yeah, it it's been a weird morning. <laughs> so it, so I gather. It's been a nice week though, since you and I have been like you know actually talking throughout the week and calling each other. And you know, not just like the occasional text message. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely been nice. And I mean, a lot of that's brought on by this week's more of a relaxed week, just because not mm-hmm. incredible amounts of homework. And hey, I'm on Easter break right now. Oh, nice. Because we're Lutheran affiliated school, so we actually have Easter break. How long is that? I just have the um, Friday before the weekend off and the Monday after the weekend off. That's nice. Just that's to nice. give people safe travel time. Yeah. Yeah. I got nothing. <laughs> Excuse me. That's what happens so, when you go to a state school. Are we here to talk about dreams, or are we talk about video games? Why not both? Sounds like a good idea to as me. I say as I adjust my mic, because it tends to slip down. My mic sounds nice. Check one. I'm going to check you out. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> I can review you. 
to make a reference back to the, like the beginning of our show. Yeah, wasn't that the first one? It was. I think it was the third episode because that was when Andrew Bailey was on. Oh yes. Yeah. What was our first one? Yep, that's right. Yep, top, top secret tessellated toad tech because Crisis Three. Yes, yes. Which wasn't out yet. Oh my gosh, Crisis Three was not out when we started this podcast. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I feel old. Yeah, accomplished. but how does that make you feel old? It's well, only been out I mean, for it, what? <laughs> it, it makes me feel like we've been around for a long time. <laughs> you know, like we're we're veterans in this industry or something. I don't know. And I mean, you have to be old to be that, right? Seeing as this is our 75th episode, I, I'd assume that we're slight veterans. Yeah. And especially considering that we didn't do them over the summer, so 75 in real time is longer than it sounds. 75 in real time. <laughs> it's like dog years, but not quite. Ian years. Ian years, yes. We, 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 now have, we now operate in Ian years. So speaking we, of crisis... So speaking of crisis... All right, so do you guys remember we've been talking about how um, GameSpy has been getting knocked out, right? Yeah. And how sad. there's a list of games that might be possibly affected by it. Well, unfortunately, we have received confirmation from the guys over at Crytek that um, both the Crisis and the Crisis 2 PC multiplayer modes will be shut down by the loss of GameSpy. Yeah, it's too bad. I mean, at least Crisis was primarily for single player. Yeah. Was Crisis 2 not? Well, no, I meant the series in general. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's like people don't play Call of Duty for the campaign, but people I play do. Crisis for the campaign. I, I play both for the campaign. Well, we'll we'll go over that more later when we talk about another article. Um, <laughs> Sounds good. In the meantime, so location-based augmented reality games, they're kind of on the rise right now. You know, we've got Ingress. That's, uh, that's currently my favorite. Um, in the in the genre, but there's another upcoming one called Run an Empire that aims to be it. It's more than just you know a fitness app with like some bogus rewards. It is a like full blown strategy game. So the idea is that you go out for a run, and then the area inside your route becomes yours. Uh, that is until another player runs through your territory, you know, and then the section that they've kind of cut out of your territory becomes contested and you have to, you know, go for another run uh, in order to kind of secure it back. Or if they if they go for a run before you do again, then, you know, they might steal steal your territory, like, permanently. And, like, that, that sounds like a much better uh, incentive, long-term incentive, you know, for going out and running uh, than, for example, Zombies Run, which uses like a a, uh, a narrative, you know, episodic narrative um, for, you know, that it takes place in a zombie apocalypse. I've mm-hmm. been really enjoying Zombies Run. Um, unfortunately, on Android, it has some problems where, like, it, it doesn't play nicely with the music player. Um, so I haven't been using it as much, but they have, Zombies Run has released their third season this week. Um, of episodes, which makes sense because we're getting uh, to the point where it's warm enough to actually go out running again. Yeah, that'll be nice. So, th- well, so there's those two run. running games. We might have to do some more. Or speaking of camp, a little bit, we might have to do some more. Maybe not runs, because I, you know how well I run. Um, mm-hmm. but some hikes and around camp. If one of us happens, well, if you happen to get that, ha- happen to get, oh that yeah, and actually, um, run an empire is going to not allow, you know, like, biking or driving or anything, obviously, and they're going to use a combination of, like, accelerometer data and 
just your straight up speed. Like if you're going 35 miles an hour, they're going to be like, no, you're not running. You're, you're cheating. However, we can go canoeing, I'm betting. That might work. That might work. That would be interesting. <laughs> we'll just control all of Lake Billsby. Well, you know, it, it, I, I am the Admiral of the Royal Fleet. Hail, Admiral. <laughs> Admiral Rosewater. <laughs> all right. Um, we'll, we'll, oh, don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll let you guys know what that is a little later once we can, I believe. All right. Uh, however, um, so League of Legends, I, am I the only one that ever talks about League of Legends? Probably out because, of the two of us, yeah. Yeah. Probably because I'm the only one that jo- actually enjoys it out of the two yeah. of us. <laughs> That's a good criteria. I suppose. All right. Um, so one of the things that you can do on League of Legends is you can do, instead of a PVP, you can do, um, uh, player versus AI where you go against a team of five bots. And um, even I know that the bots always suck. Usually. There's a few that are absolutely terrifying. Hmm. Like Annie and Rise. <laughs> but well, even I'll make then, sure to never go up against them. At some point in time, you just get to a point where it's like, lol, you tickle. If you <laughs> ever play with, anyway. Um, but so, yeah, the bots are known, as you said, for sucking. Um, and so, what they are doing is they are, Improving the bots' AIs. They are making the bots more human. So let's see what they have. They have improving threat evaluation. So instead of just run, or running in and then going, run away, um, they can actually see, oh, there's not that big of a threat to me, or oh, this thing has a really big threat to me, I probably should be running away. Um, Apparently the reason that their threat evaluation has sucked up until now is because they're using like a typical um, first-person shooter AI type of threat evaluation, which is based on how much damage have I taken in the recent past, that is probably how much damage I will continue to take if I stick around here, uh-huh. you know, which makes a lot of sense in a, in a shooter, but in League of Legends, uh, you know, if, if a player has unloaded all of their spells on an AI, then and then the AI goes, I just took a bunch of damage, it's dangerous here, I'm gonna run away, like, that's dumb, because all of the spells are now on cooldown and they can't take any more damage. Yeah, yeah, um... Yeah. <laughs> so that'll be nice to, well, I don't know. For beginners, well, I don't know. For beginners, it's both a good and a bad thing because, um, because now they'll actually, it'll be a little bit more challenging in the sense that they'll be going, or, and they'll be going up against more intelligent bots, which will mm-hmm. get them more prepped for when they're actually doing PvP stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Um, so this next one, this is, this is the most gorgeous thing I've ever seen. Uh, somebody took, from The Wolf Among Us, they took, uh, <laughs> the animation of a pole dancer from a- episode two, uh, cause that, that happened in one scene. They took that animation and applied it to Big B Wolf, the player character, in a scene in episode three, and left everything else the same. So, you know, the other characters, their lines are all completely normal. They don't think that there's anything unusual going on. And Big B's just there, you know, Getting all into it, just just dancing on his invisible pole, and <laughs> it's it's the boat it's the pretty the greatest. Great. Um, there's also they they also took that animation and applied it to uh the Walking Dead season two. Uh, they have <laughs> oh, a couple God. of a couple of characters doing that at the dinner table. It's just <laughs> really it's really strange. Oh, um, come on, let's give them more class than that, please. <laughs> so go check those out if you want a good laugh. Yes. 
Oh, yeah. by the way, the if you want to go check those out, those will be in our show notes, which are at thenexus.tv slash eb75 for this episode. We only forgot about that for like, you know, what, seven uh, stories? Something like that, no? <laughs> um, I don't know. It's We've had, no, one, two, three, four, five, five stories this time. Five stories. Five nice. stories. Yay! Okay. <laughs> We're good at remembering things. 75 episodes later. 75 episodes later. <laughs> we can still do this. Well, when when did we start implementing that? Um, this is several months ago. Okay. Well, no idea. Okay. Um, excuse me. Gosh. Good soft drinks. I've only had one, well, I guess one drink of this, and I'm still burping from it. All right. Uh, in the meantime, um... You have, or there's a new game that's being put onto Steam Early Access. Um, so, Buck, have you ever wanted to be an astronaut? Dude, that's what I wanted to be like throughout my entire childhood. My my dream was to go to Mars, be the first man on Mars, see if it's safe, and then once I determined that it was safe, I was going to come back, grab my dad, and go to Mars again. <laughs> because I can't leave my dad out of anything. No. Well, I mean, your dad is pretty great. Mm-hmm. And by pretty great, I mean very great. All right. Um, so, unfortunately, it doesn't seem as if civilian travel to Mars will be something that is doable within our lifetime. Unless you go and be on that reality TV show. What? There's, yeah, the, haven't you heard about that? There's that reality TV show where they're, send, they're going to send a bunch of people to Mars, one-way trip, they're never coming back, and then just filming everything and making a show out of it. That sounds horrible. <laughs> but people are volunteering for it left and right. Like, there's a guy from Valve who volunteered for this, who signed up for it. So, so, so they go to Mars and they never come back. So, do they just live on a spaceship by Mars? No, no, no. They're living on Mars. They're making a colony. Oh. And then they're filming like the you know interactions of people on this colony. Probably going to dramatize the hell out of it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, and I. It's like it's it's it sounds like such an icky thing, but I would so watch that show. <laughs> Society, stop dying. I would be worried if it start turned it into like you know the movie Alien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, at least then it's stupid or people who are stupid enough to volunteer for this sort of thing that are dying instead of actually important people. I kind of want to volunteer. <laughs> But I can't leave the internet behind. No, that would you just can't. Be sad. So why are we talking about Mars? Um, so there's a new game on Steam Early Access called Take on Mars. Um, essentially, you become that astronaut that gets to go to Mars and explore it, and then bring back your dad to it eventually. Mm-hmm. I have I have no idea about the last one actually. Um, we should request that as a feature. <laughs> you should. Um, so let's see. It's developed by the creators of Arma and Daisy. Um, hmm. So yeah, again, you you go and you you explore Mars. So the first mission has been released to Steam Early Access, um, where you are a rover operator and you have to go this way and that way and explore and do various missions and whatnot. So hopefully it'll be more interesting than Moonbase Alpha. Hopefully, <laughs> no idea what that game is, but hopefully it's it's one of those uh, games that's that was free on Steam before like Steam had a free to play genre. Ah. You know, a category. Uh, so it was one of those things that, like, if you knew about the fact that there were free games on Steam, you knew that it was there, but most people didn't. 
Uh, speaking of that, Ars Technica has performed a sampling of game statistics from Steam, you know, so they, they just have uh, a server looking through all of these public profiles that everybody has, uh, and, you know, it parses through them, sees what games everybody has, what gameplay time they all have spent in them, etc., etc. Um, they apparently did about 85,000 random users per day for two months, so that uh, comes out to a little over 5 million users that they sampled. Um, that's a pretty good sample size. Yeah, well, um, I mean, if you consider it compared to the total number of Steam users, it's like a drop in the bucket. But yeah, 5 million, that's that's pretty good sampling. Um, they, they've released some numbers that they, that they found out uh, using this method, so let's go take a look at them. Um, I'm just going to scroll down past all of the explanation of, of how they did it, because um, I, I feel like we, we covered that pretty well, um, to what they found. Yes. So first they have you know, a list of the most owned games on Steam, and obviously <laughs> the most owned are like T- Dota and Team Fortress 2, because those are free to play. Yep. And, uh, Half-Life 2 Lost Coast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and those are you know, Valve games. So if you're on Steam, chances are you don't mind Valve, <laughs> and uh, so you'll, you're more likely to go and play their games. Yeah. Um, now, most owned games on Steam versus how many people have actually played those games is the next graph, and of course, Half-Life 2 The Lost Coast sticks out as everybody owns it, but nobody's played it. <laughs> Which I think is really sad, because I played it, and I thought it was a really cool tech demo. Yeah, no, I agree. Um... Also, oh man, Half-Life 2 Deathmatch. Everybody should play that. That is like the best multiplayer game of all time, especially for LAN parties. Especially when you jump off the, the map that we did. <laughs> no. Uh, I also like that game because I'm actually kind of good at it. And that helps. <laughs> yep. I still remember my favorite memory of that was we were playing um, on the Two Towers map. Mm-hmm. Which in some ways is really bad taste, but it was still amusing. Hey, we were in high school. We were, we were young and stupid. Um, you somehow ended up knocking me off of one of the towers. Oh, really? oh, yes! And so I'm falling and I'm like, dang, I'm dead, I'm dead, I'm dead, I'm dead, because I have like 20 or 30 health left. And I had, um, and the way that you got to the top of these towers is there were teleportation things done at the bottom. And I ended up landing on one. So instead of dying from falling damage, I land on one of these things, get teleported up to the top right behind <laughs> Buck. <laughs> And I'm yeah, able to finish him me. off. Ah. <laughs> I was so confused. <laughs> oh man. Um And then of course but, the jumping off the at the same time and trying to pin each other to the wall with the That was impossible. Rocket. We never managed to hit each other. No, we never did. <laughs> Leading your shots in that situation is like a really weird thing because both of us were moving. Yes. So it's like how exactly does this work? I don't know. Physics. Um, how does it work? So let's see. The next one. Ooh, a pie chart. Pie chart. So total play time per registered games in hours. Percent of all registered games. So I think this is... Um, what does this pie chart even show? Uh, Maybe I don't... I am not sure. Oh, I think it's... Okay. The number of... Oh, okay. I see, I see, I see. So uh, on Wait, average, the number of games that are bought, 36.9% have never been played. Seventeen so percent like within a person's uh, library. library. Okay. okay, the average person's library. Seventeen point one percent have been played for less than an hour. Twenty four point six percent have been played uh, between one and ten hours. 
10.7% between uh, 10.1 and 30 hours. 9.9% between 30.1 and 559 hours. I don't It's know why they four, made that joke. 459. Sorry, 459. And then 1% have been played for more than 459. That's insane. How do you spend that much time in one game? Oh, Dota 2, I guess. Dota 2. <laughs> Oliver. Yeah, exactly. Oh my goodness. I think the, the most time that I've spent in any one of my games was Mass Effect 2, and that's like 110 hours or so over the course of like three playthroughs. I think I've got a couple hundred hours in like TF2 or something like that. Or maybe Skyrim. I'd have to double check. But Yeah. Um. Let's see. Next graph is... Ah, players as a percentage of registered owners. So this is this is kind of uh, similar to the the one that we looked up uh, above. You know where Half Life 2, The Lost Coast, uh, <laughs> did so poorly. Um, is you know obviously right there at the top they have like a hundred percent across the board, and that's because there are you know the the people who people who show up as owners of a free-to-play game are only those people who have played that game. Yeah. So they are guaranteed to have a hundred percent. Yeah. And then it goes down from there. Now the next page is where it gets interesting um, because they um, um, they then show you know the the most popular games by by numbers of players. Um, so obviously Dota 2 and Team Fortress 2 are once again at the top of that, and uh, a lot of other actually a lot of other Valve games hit, get up there. The first non-Valve game that I see is Skyrim. Yeah. That and one then, is sixth in the line. Yep. And then uh, Civ V is a couple after that. Yep. Um, oh, Gary's Mod. Then Alien Swarm. Actually, Alien Swarm is a Valve game. Oh, it is a Valve game. Uh, then yep. Modern Warfare 2. Yeah. Is the next one after that. So oh, my for, goodness. <laughs> let's see. So we have... Uh, I'll count the number of Valve games. We have one, two, three, four, five, Skyrim. Six, Civ V. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven... Modern Warfare. Terraria is not one, right? Nope. Okay. Planet Side 2 is not Warframe. Then the rest of them are uh non um non-valve games. Non-valve games. Yeah. But still. I like Okay, so I like this next one. Most played games by total hours. Dota 2 has 3828 million hours of playtime. The <sighs> next ridiculous. one The next one is Team Fortress 2 with 1,444. So 3,800 down to 1,444. That's an insane drop. Like, and Dota 2 hasn't been around for that long. No. But, but I guess everybody loves it. Like, if you play it, you play the hell out of it. Yep. Well, I mean, it's 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 going to be one of those platforms for e-gaming that's probably going to be mm -hmm. really big. Because I know the original Dota was really big on that. That's one of the things that really got e-gaming started. Was yeah. the original Dota. So and and they've definitely put a lot of effort into making it into a platform for e-gaming. For example, you know you can watch matches and stuff through the game client. Yeah. So that's probably where a lot of those hours come from as well. People not really like playing playing the game, but watching people play the game. Yeah. Um. I guess, so. I. I mean, it, it, we can call it cheating, but it's you know. It's still up there. It's still on. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Let's see. <laughs> oh, hey, look, Civ Five is only four down. Or sorry, the fifth down instead of mm -hmm. seventh or whatever it was. It's very, very easy to put a lot of time into Civ Five, you know. Yeah, and, then, and that, that, that's a game that I've put a lot of time into as well. Not me. <laughs> Didn't we buy that together? 
Yes. At, at Best Buy yep. in the Mall of America. Yeah. Good times. And then it was like on sale two weeks later on Steam for less than we bought it for on sale. Yep. Yeah, sad days. And I still hadn't played it much either way. So maybe we'll have to change that eventually. Oh, here we go. Next two graphs are kind of fun because uh, they actually kind of upset the balance here. So huh. m- the the mo- so this is the at median amount of time that each player of a game has spent in it and then the average time that uh, a player has spent in the game. Uh, so, you know, um, so say we have all of the players of Skyrim, you know, and we look at the, the amount of time that they have played it. Then, you know, then we find the median of that and the average of that. Football Manager 2014 <laughs> is, like, the most... So, uh, within its user base, it takes up tons and tons of their time. Uh, the median for that is 100 hours, which is almost twice the next game, which is Skyrim. Which is at 53. Yeah. And then, in terms of average, uh, Football Manager is, again, at the top with 169. And then, next down is, wow, Modern Warfare 2 and Dota 2. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Wait, where's Dota? Oh, um, you're looking at the mo- Are you looking yeah. at the next graph? Yes. Those two graphs are, are similar. One of them is median, one of them is average. Oh, median and mean. Okay, I see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's that's ridiculous. <laughs> and then um, in relation to what we were talking about before with, you know, you play Call of Duty for the, uh, uh, for the, the campaign. Yeah. Well, the next two graphs tell us that um, the, the campaign versions of, the, of, of each uh, Call of Duty game have slightly more players. So more people have played, you know, a, at least a little bit of the campaign than they've played any multiplayer. Yeah. But the a- amount of time that people have spent in those, uh, the the campaigns at, are about, you know, 20 to 23 hours. The <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the multiplayer modes have 68, 97, and 148 hours at, on average. That's mildly ridiculous. <laughs> So, yeah, you're kind of an outlier there. Yep. Sounds about right. Oh, God. I don't know what the next graph is, but the last, or, but the one after that is really interesting. Oh, yes. Yes. All right. Tell it to us. So, estimated total hours played on Steam. The top six games, Dota 2 with 3,828 million hours, TF2 with uh, 1444, CS Source with 1281, Counter-Strike, the original one, with 1251, Civ 5 with 743, and uh, Skyrim with 632. If you add the playtime of those six games together, it is just barely underneath the amount of time played for all other games on Steam combined. All other games. All other games. It's insane. So, like, the, the, the thing that we take away from this is that the video games industry is very much like a hit-based industry. You either, you either make it big or you're kind of left in the dust in terms of, maybe not in terms of sales, but in terms of, you know, playtime and people actually, you know, enjoying your game for a long, a long time. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. And of course, it's worth noting, you know, obviously there are flaws with with this uh, method. Yeah. You know, because it's only talking about Steam games, and it's um, even those, you know, that Steam only started tracking playtime in 2009. So anybody who played, like, for example, Half Life Two 
before 2009 and then never came back to it, that doesn't get recorded. That gets recorded as they've never played it. Yeah. Yeah. Which affects things. Unfortunately. Yeah. <sighs> oh, well, it is what it is. All right. Shall we move on? We spent a lot of time on that one. Yeah. Well, I think it was worth, maybe we should have put that as a main topic, but it was worth spending some time on. Yeah. Oh, well. Also, did you find that one originally, or did I find that one originally? Because I know uh, I, I did. Okay. Yeah, it, it, that was a duplicate. Okay. My bad. My B. It's all right. That's why I read your stuff. Yes. That way we don't break things. Mm-hmm. Um, get all confused. Confu- well, I get confused anyway. That just kind of is bound to happen. Mm-hmm. However, in the meantime... um. So, speaking of things that get broken, and in this case, I guess, unbroken, there was a block-like, look-to-be third-person shooter game um, called Minimum. Mm-hmm. Now, um, from the little bit of gameplay footage that I've seen, it actually looks like a lot of fun, and I really like the art style. So, it's as I said, it's really blocky, um, so it's sort of like Minecraft in that way, but at the same time, um, the animation is gorgeous, and a lot of the things are really cool. Um, so it looks, so how does it work? It like, looks, what, what's, what's its catch? I don't know. It looks like it's sort of a combination of MOBA and Titanfall. Mm-hmm. They literally uh, use the word Titan. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, so you, you go along, you kill creeps and it says here creeps as well. Um, and I believe you're trying to get to the other enemy's base first and destroy their base first. Um, the more creeps that you kill, um, you get more power-ups, and eventually you can um, summon a titan, which comes down and starts bashing on things. Are you... It looks like you're almost, like, gathering blocks and stuff by killing creeps to build your titan kind of thing. That's possible. It's entirely possible. And then, man, yeah, those things are really powerful, and they uh, just kind of <laughs> change the game. Yeah. No, but... um. So now this game had been announced about a year ago, um, and actually it was the the company that did it. Uh, let's see who was it. Oh, the guys that did um, Alien Colonial Marines. Wait, what? Had originally announced that they were making this game, and then they went bankrupt, so the game who? was dead for Gear- a while. Wait, Gearbox were the ones who finished Colonial Marines. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'll have to go were, back. Were they one of the earlier developers on Colonial Marines? Earlier developers, I think. Okay. So not Gearbox, but the other guys who went bankrupt. Um, and eventually, uh, I believe it was Activision and some other company, I don't remember off the top of my head, ended up buying the IP for this game, and now they're putting it through. And it It's it's Atari. Atari. Their logo is, there's a, their logo's at the bottom of the page. Looking, yeah, hey, look, Atari and, oh, Human Head. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it looks like it's going to be... Really cool, to be honest, with all the stuff that's coming. So, um, it should be on Steam early access soon. Oh, fun! It doesn't give us an exact day, but it just says soon. So we'll keep an eye on that because this looks like it'll be worth playing. Oh yeah. So Ian, quick before reading my show notes, there. Too late. <laughs> Name the most iconic game soundtrack that you can think of. Mario. Okay, well that's fair enough. Uh, <laughs> from, from the last like decade or so. Uh, Legend of Zelda 25th Anniversary Edition. I wouldn't know that soundtrack. Okay, Journey. No! (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm going for, and you're refusing to say it, you troll. Well, I mean, Journey won Grammys. It's pretty dang iconic. Well, you know what the first, uh, the first video game song to win a Grammy was? 
Baba Yetu from Civilization Four. Baba Yetu Yetu Lietzinguni Yetu Yetu Ali. And I'm probably completely messing up the lyrics, but oh well. It's close enough. Um, but what I was thinking of was Halo. You know, yes. even though I have never owned a Halo game, um, mm-hmm. so the guy who composed, uh, you know, all of the Halo soundtracks, uh, and he was uh, he composed Destiny as well, the upcoming game from Bungie, Marty O'Donnell, he's been fired from Bungie apparently without cause. And oddly, like, Bungie's news blurb about it doesn't really say anything about the situation. So we, all we have to go on is a tweet from Marty and then, like, a single paragraph from Bungie saying, we wish him the best of luck, we parted as friends, yada yada. But it doesn't sound like they parted as friends. Hmm. That is really weird. Yeah, his only Twitter thing is that I'm saddened to say that Bungie's board of directors terminated me without cause. It was on April 11, 2014. So, that's really weird. It is. That's stupid. Really weird. Yeah. And, I mean, I I really want to know more about this because I can't imagine a reason why they would fire him. Like, yeah. he did really good work. <laughs> yeah. So, I... Uh, boy. I don't know. Um... I mean, if we find more news, we'll, we'll you know, stick it into a future show. Yeah, because that's worth keeping an eye out for, because that's, that's stupid. That's, yeah, no, that's a super stupid um, act on act on Bungie's part. I, I'm, I'm assuming they have some reason, because, I, I mean, but I don't know. Like, we, we, there's no way for us to, you know, say anything on the matter until we know more. Yeah, I suppose. But if, yeah, judging by what we have, if it's being fired without cause, then it's stupid. Mm-hmm. Am I allowed to say that at least? Yes. <laughs> all right. Um, all right, suppose we're moving on to the next one. Um, so although we're waving bye to him, uh, we're waving hi to a new game that um, I think it was announced on, might have been Kickstarter a little while ago, I'm not sure, but it's called The Flock. I don't remember this, so I'm in the dark here. Well, oh, you'll definitely be in the dark. So, The Flock is an asymmetrical first-person horror game. Where asymmetrical? It's um, it's a multiplayer combative game essentially, where you have four of this particular race, um, mm-hmm. or four people who are playing this particular race of monsters. I don't remember what it is or what it's called. Um, uh, let's see. Looking at what it says on here. Starting as a flock in a dark and desolate world, you need to find the coveted light artifact. The player who grabs it first transforms into the carrier, a fragile, slower, and more humanoid creature. The goal of the game is to hold onto the artifact for as long as possible while the other players, who are the flock, hunt you down. There's only one thing that can stop them. The flock can't move while being in the light emitted from the artifact. They have to stand still or they will die in an instant. Let's see. More info about the game. And, and again, this is on the YouTube videos info stuff, so I'm just reading that directly off, off of that. The flock are a race of large and agile creatures. They have more freedom in their movement and thus can attack the carrier from all angles. This is important because the carrier holds an artifact that emits a huge ray of burning light. Flock need to get close to the carrier unseen if they want to become the new carrier or opt to stand still, turn into stone, and become invulnerable for the light. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, okay, this, this sounds kind of like, you know, the concept behind Evolve, which is have a multiplayer game 
where the you know the two different sides are entirely different you know yeah. like totally not unbalanced but like you know balanced in a completely different way yes looks cool yeah and this is the first gameplay trailer that 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 was what the news is there was a gameplay trailer mm-hmm. that was released cool um and it's from pre alpha footage apparently but yeah well yeah i mean everybody makes that disclaimer yeah <laughs> and it's a student game too so ooh we like students. We do like students. <laughs> we like them a lot. Yes. So, inspired by Twitch Plays Pokemon, the recently kickstarted game Choice Chamber is a game built for Twitch streaming. Viewers will get to vote on things like enemy shapes, weapon effects, and where a warp zone will send the player. One level ahead, ten levels ahead, or twenty levels ahead. I want you to say that five times fast. Where a warp zone. Where a warp zone, 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 how many did I do? I don't know, I think that was seven or eight. I said five, but I think you were shooting for ten. Well, I'm done. You are done. My mouth feels weird now. Like I can't talk normally. Oh my. Um, but yeah, like we we kind of figured that there was going to be something, you know coming up inspired by Twitch Plays Pokemon other than just, you know, other like Twitch Plays Zelda and Twitch Plays etc, etc. Um, and this is the first example of, of that that I've seen. Yeah. So that'll be that'll be interesting. Gonna have to go get a Twitch account. Why haven't I done that already? I don't know. Why haven't you done that? Because I'm lazy. Because it'll waste la- your time. I'm you way too lazy to game. <laughs> hey, that... No, I'm sorry. My excuse is I'm way too busy to game, not way too lazy to mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least we've been playing through Borderlands 2. Andrew Bailey is proud of us. Yay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, hey, look, it's me next. Hey, um, it is. Oh, this is a scary thing. So what came out recently that had everyone on the Internet in a scare? Heartbleed. Yes. So another sort of similar thing where it's hacking and bypassing security measures. Um, so if you remember, Steam came out with this thing called Steam Guard. Which is literally like, you know, two-factor authentication. Yeah. In some ways, it's still really... It's well, because you have to have access to your email account in order to log in. Yeah. yeah. And, like, it, Gabe Newell is so... Or Gabin is so um, uh, confident in it that he actually gave out his Steam password. Mm-hmm. And tested people to try and hack his account. Um, however... I'm assuming that nobody's been able to do that yet. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it works, for the most part. However, people have found a way around it. Um... So let's see. Uh, scammers have found a way past this by asking for your username and password, but also for permission to download an SSFN file from your computer. So it it fi- or it finds a specific um, file from your computer and uses that to trick. Um, so this is basically the file that Steam creates once you've logged in with Steam Guard. You know, the first time on a computer, and it creates this file to say, you know, I don't need to check for Steam Guard for this account anymore. And that, you know, that file is obviously unique to that account and to that... Uh, I don't think it's unique to that computer necessarily, but uh, so this is this is a phishing scam. Um, you know, it's, it's social engineering where they, you know, are tricking you into thinking that they are legit and asking for that file so that they can just put it on their computer and then they can log into your account without having to go through Steam Guard. Yes, so do not give them any of those things. No, of course not. Um, I've given the chance. Uh, also, thankfully, you will be. Uh, they won't be able to get your hands on your bank details. 
Um, however, they will be mm-hmm. able to go and plunder your inventory and whatever you have, anything in your Steam wallet. So they can take all that money away. They can sell all your trading cards and all your Team Fortress 2 no, items. My precious trading cards! They can't take them from me! That's what you think. Actually, I mean, uh, I'd be more concerned about the fact that they can then <coughs> probably change your password and you won't have access to your games anymore until you, like, go through Steam support and, uh, plead with them to change your password. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, I don't want to think about that. I'm just not going to answer. I generally, unless I've been contacted or unless I have my own problem, I generally don't listen to what anyone has to say to me in terms of stuff like that. Okay. <laughs> Call me crazy, if you will, but... Well, if there's anything that would get me to start playing uh, Guild Wars 2, it would probably be, be, you know, my Steam account no longer being accessible. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I've given them ideas. <laughs> Moving on. Moving uh, on. So, <laughs> so I'm always complaining about how bad I am at platformers, you know, like even in Borderlands when we were jumping around and I couldn't I couldn't get up on top of things that you were up on top of, and I'm like, well, you do that. Platformers hate <laughs> it. Um, so, but what happens, what if we took away the platforms from a platformer? So Magic by Nature uses magnets in the environment to propel the player around, and they actually rarely touch the ground. This gives the game a great flow with constant movement, uh, it'll be a timed exclusive on Ouya in May, uh, but no word on exactly what other platforms or when it will be coming out on those other platforms. I thought it looked pretty cool. Yeah. Well, oh boy. So this this might be um, similar to that uh, um, to that speed run that we saw. Well, that oh shoot, spoiler. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm going I to talk. You, you could talk about that next if, we, if you want to. Oh, I suppose. All right. Um, is that up next? It is now. It is now. Okay. <laughs> You'll take the other one, right? What? No, I just switched two of yours. Oh, Go. okay. Go for it. Um. All right. So we like stupid things on the internet. Yes. I guess. Are you one of those stupid things on the internet? Uh, some days. Whoa. Depends on how much I've had to drink, <laughs> which usually isn't much. Anyway. Um. So. We have now a world record speedrun. Unfortunately, it was not all done in one shot. Um, as you can see in the video, there's definitely been I'll some I'll complain about stuff. it. You'll, you'll whine about it soon. I, I will. Um, but there was a speedrun done for the original Half-Life game. Pardon me. That was finished in 20 minutes. So yeah. they played through the game beginning to end, excluding the whole, oh, you're on a train cart going all the way down. As soon as that ends and the first mission begins to the end of the game, it's a 20-minute run. Which is, I mean, A, that is really impressive, yes. They've, they've you know, found, like, every single efficiency uh, that they can and and, and done it as, as perfectly as possible. But, well, they I broke mean, the game. They went outside of where the programmed world was. Yeah, I mean, that's... Several occasions. If, if it's possible to do that within the game, then, I mean, it's fair, like... I've I've seen uh people who you know use the uh, the Goss cannon to propel themselves up onto the edge of the map and then just walk along the edge of the map and not, and avoid fighting all of the enemies. Like you know that's possible within the game world. So I it's I I'd say that that's fair game. What the thing that pisses me off about this is that you know they didn't yeah as you said they didn't do this all in one shot. They like 
they perfected each little, you know, like five second segment at a time, took footage of that, and then spliced all of those together. Um, and I, th- I think they were also using, like, um, uh, macros, you know, so they, they just, like, programmed this, this perfect movement in, so it's not actually a human playing through. Really? That's what I don't like about it, yeah. Um, Wait, it was macros? I'm, pr- I'm pretty it, sure. They, oh. like, figured out what the, what the perfect, uh, the exact perfect movement was for it, programmed that in, and then did it. That's not cool. Yeah, no. Um, so the, the, the fastest, like, real person playing through Half-Life in all-in-one go is something like 30 minutes, I think. Hmm. Which is still hella impressive. Yeah. There's no way I'd be able to do that. I haven't even finished it regularly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Working and on it. Consider, like, so the last I checked for Portal, I think the fastest playthrough of that was, like, 10 minutes. Uh, so, and that's a, like... Normally, that's a much, much shorter game than Half-Life. Yeah. But having a, a playthrough of Half-Life in just double the time, that, <laughs> it's crazy. I can't, even, I can't even imagine. Well, kind of. I mean, I did break the game that I'm going to be reviewing for us a little later today. Oh, yes. <laughs> in a <laughs> well, few that's ways. A game that, that's a game that's meant to be broken. Um, oh, yes. So speaking of Portal... I found uh, another crazy first-person puzzle game that uh, actually its its visuals look very similar to Antichamber, um, and the the puzzles I, they're kind of somewhere in between Antichamber and Portal uh, in terms of like craziness and lo- pers- like re- level of difficulty from my perspective. Um, it's called Relativity, and it's a game where you get to walk on the walls. So you just walk up to a wall, press the spacebar, and then gravity shifts, you know, to allow you to walk on that wall. Um, I'm not sure exactly what kinds of puzzles this will allow. It looks like a lot of them are take this cube, put it in this receptacle where it where it you know goes, and then that will open a door somewhere else, kind of mm. much like Portal. Um, but then I think if you like shift the gravity, the the like the cube will fall out of the receptacle. Oh, so you have to kind of yeah. I I've not I haven't seen like any of the actual puzzles getting solved. Uh, but it sounds really cool, and the and the levels. They look crazy. Like they look like that the stairs room from the movie Labyrinth. You remind me of the babe. What babe? The babe with the power. What power? The power of the voodoo. Who voodoo? Do what? Remind me of the wait. Wait. Oh, you, you messed that up. I did <laughs> mess it up. <laughs> Do what? <laughs> Do what? Remind me of the babe. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh. Wait, where did we mess up? We forgot a line somewhere. You no, you you forgot a line that you then put in the second time that you did it. Remind me of the babe. What babe? Um, the babe with the power. What power? The power of the voodoo. Hoodoo. And then you said you're supposed to say you do, but you, you said do what? Do what? Remind me of the babe. Yep. So you just skipped that one. I did. My bad. I apologize. Oops. Oops. <laughs> Gosh, I'm breaking the internet. I'm breaking movies. What could I not break? Well. You're breaking games as well. I am breaking games as well. In good and amusing and moderately hilarious ways, though. But we'll talk about that in a little while. Um, so, Buck, what is your favorite series of all time? Star Wars. Yes. You know it's getting a remake? Well, uh, Something to do with Star Wars. Yes. All right, so Jedi Knight 2 HD remake is something that is happening. And the best part is is it's not actually being done by an official company or anything like that. It's a guy who's doing um an HD mod on mod DB. So it's just it's just the graphics that are getting updated. I believe everything else is staying the same, but um you can go and play Jedi Knight 2 Star Wars Jedi Knight 2 Jedi Outcast, which I 
believe is known as one of the, is one of the best games that there is in term, in the Star Wars series, right? Uh, I don't know. That was like that. That one's so old, actually, that it's before my time. The the yeah. oldest Star Wars game that I've played is uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Let's see, Jedi Knight Two. Uh, let's look it up. Uh... I believe I believe Theo showed me one of the Jedi Knight games. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, oh. I don't know enough about it. Star Wars Jedi Knight Two Jedi Outcast got a score of eighty nine on Metacritic and an eight point seven user score. Nice. So that's higher than any of the current PC games that they have listed. <laughs> so yeah, probably worth a look. Yes. So you remember last week when we talked about H1Z1? Yes. The uh, the Heezy? Daisy uh, competitor that's going to be coming from Sony Online Entertainment. Uh, one of the one of the things that they've given us more details on now is their server system. So they're going to allow users to vote on servers that they want that'll have like you know particular rule sets. Uh, if they want like the gameplay to work slightly differently or whatever, they they can vote on those and. But you have to vote carefully because you only get one one vote per year for free. You can buy a second one, but that's it. Like you get maximum of two per year, and the server will only get created if there's like a a, a critical mass of people who vote for it. So if there's enough people to support a server, you know, in an MMO setting, yeah, then they will create that server. Yeah. So use your tokens wisely. Yes. Shape the future wisely. <laughs> Alright, um... No, oh, this is a YouTube thing. What is this YouTube thing? That's the Half-Life run. Oh, that's the Half-Life run. Wait, what did I put up there? You have so many YouTube things that I don't know. Oh, oh this one. Alright. Uh, so, I believe this was... Was this a Kickstarted thing? I don't know. Um, maybe. It wouldn't surprise me. Alright. So, um... A uh, game that's going to be coming out soon is called Child of Light. It is being headed by one of the guys that did Far Cry 3, believe it or not. Um, but it's very different from Far Cry 3. It's much more lighthearted. It is a JRPG, side-scrolling JRPG that does some turn-based combat and whatnot. Um, now, what's exciting is the trailer that they released. Oh, and it's being published by Ubisoft, so it's not a Kickstarter thing. Okay. But the trailer that's being released um, has me really excited because the art style from it so it's taking um hints from uh oh what what was it it was final fantasy and something else but the entire background the entire thing it or the entire setting is being like hand no i don't think it's hand painted but it looks like hand painted watercolor okay and it is absolutely gorgeous, and it's done by the guy, or it's done using the same engine that uh, the Rayman mm. uh, stuff was done on. So it's it looks like it's going to be really pretty and really cool. So go and check it out if you want to see some really pretty things. Kind of almost reminds me of Braid. Oh yeah, in terms of the art style, which is high praise indeed. Yes, most definitely. So it's for the art alone in this video game is worth getting. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, next thing, um, is another really pretty thing. Um, so we have another game. This one I'm pretty sure was kickstarted. I think so. It's called Pillars of Eternity. Um, now when a game starts getting hype going for it, what are the usual things that they usually give out? What are the usual uh, things that they hype up? T-shirts? I was thinking yeah. more like visuals. 
Oh, sure. So, like, gameplay game art, uh, and I get soundtracks are a common one. Soundtracks are kind of a common one. Mm-hmm. Um, not as much as often, or not as often as, like, gameplay style and art and mm-hmm. story snippets. But, yes, music is definitely something that we actually have a sneak peek at some of the music and specifically how it's put together. Um, for, ah, what's happening? Oh, sorry. Uh, I, I press the middle button and then move the mouse. <laughs> ah. Um, uh, so you get to see how the music is created. Um, it, like it takes you through the different steps, the commute, daily Bach. Um, so listening to that for, mm-hmm. um, so I read a single chorale from JS Bach's beautiful collection of 371 four part chorales, which are really pretty, by the way. So sketches, elimination, categorization, musical quilt, doing various templates, um, orchestral colors, then a little bit of polish, and eventually you have music. And so it takes you through the step of creating one of the game's music soundtracks for the, the Deerford Village ambient music. So it's it's pretty. It's really pretty. I can see why the Bach chorales are his inspiration. And of course, we always like to call Jonas J.S. Buck. <laughs> J.S. Buck, yes. What's his middle name again? Summers. Summers. Oh. That's, that's my mom's maiden name. Yep. So that's it for headline headlines. Um, now we have some reviews. Ooh, yes. Uh, the Wolf Among Us, episode three. That came out a couple weeks ago, and I played it last week. Um, so I've already, I've already gone through, you know, all of like the, the gameplay and how it's different from The Walking Dead and how it's similar to The Walking Dead. So I'm just gonna talk about the story, uh, in episode three without spoiling it too much, I hope. Um, hopefully. So the, they're, their episodes seem to be falling into kind of a powder pattern, you know. They they end an episode with a cliffhanger, and then the next episode is spent mostly, you know, dealing with the consequences of that cliffhanger until they then turn the story around again at the end of that episode and give you another cliffhanger until the next episode. So this one, Crooked Mile, episode three, it also follows that that pattern quite nicely. Um and I'm, I didn't really mind it, uh, I, cause I was, I felt really focused, you know, throughout the, the story of, you know, trying to solve this mystery that we, we got at the end of episode two, um, and then, uh, and then, you know, the, the ending just kind of blew me away because I was like, oh, this is awesome, like, there's more hints of, of, in, like, more craziness going on that I wasn't aware of. I should um, really start playing this game if it's getting you this riled up. You, you should. You should. It's good. Like, especially now that they've had three episodes, this is a good time to jump in because, um, you know, the, the first two obviously were kind of setting things up and it's really like hit its stride mm. by episode three. Um, so the one thing, the one thing that I really noticed in episode three was, so you know how in, in The Walking Dead season one, Clementine served as kind of your moral compass. Like whenever she was around, you tried to be nicer to people, you know, like there were, there were a few people who I literally didn't kill because she was standing right there. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I probably, probably would have killed them if she hadn't been standing there, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, the, the character Snow White kind of has taken on that role as the moral compass, but she's a moral compass for an entirely different reason. She's a moral compass because Bigby Wolf is totally into her. <laughs> and so she's the romantic interest, and pissing her off makes you feel really bad. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's real world relationship. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's, and it's pretty easy to piss her off. Like, you know, the, 
a big be like a lot of the situations that you're put into are like you know you're interrogating somebody and you know you have the option of like uh, either trying to like make a deal with them or threatening them or tr- beating the crap out of them to get the information you know and obviously she won't like you beating the crap out of them but sometimes that's like the only way to this seemingly the only way to do it. You know, like, nothing else works. And it's like, what am I supposed to do? I, I don't want to make her mad, but I want to, you know, get the information that will allow me to protect everybody in Fabletown. Uh, it's hard. It's, yeah, they it's telltale. They make it really hard. Um, <laughs> the other thing, the oh, another really good uh, moment in Episode 3 was I found the first time that I've seen Telltale making a self-referential joke. Hmm. So you know how in a lot of their games, like, uh, they, you know, the, they'll have those little notifications saying, so-and-so will remember that when you make a decision. Yeah. You know, if you, like, back them up or if you oppose them in a conversation or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, Lily will remember that. The, in, in The Wolf Among Us, you can't turn those notifications off, unfortunately. But there was this one scene where <laughs> one of the characters, he was he was kind of loopy on painkillers, and then he decides to have a few drinks as well. Oh and everybody and everybody's like, "Dude, you shouldn't do that. That's not a good idea," you know. Um, and he and he just he just kind of goes off and says a bunch of stuff, and then passes out on the bar. And then a little notification says uh, pops up saying, "He won't remember this." <laughs> <laughs> And I was laughing so hard that I missed the screenshot. I got a screenshot like a moment after the notification went away. <laughs> oh well. Well, when I play it, I'll have to make sure to get that screenshot then. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty good. I I enjoyed that. Um. So yeah, I definitely I definitely recommend The Walking Dead or The Walking Dead, The Wolf <laughs> Among Us at this point. Um. That other Telltale thing. That other Telltale one. I mean, they're they're both pretty good. Uh, I do prefer The Walking Dead, but uh, The Wolf Among Us is definitely worth playing. Yes. Yes. All right. Um, and then another game that's worth playing. <laughs> <laughs> As I'm pretty sure you can guess already, it's um, it's called Goat Simulator. If you haven't heard about it, one, why are you listening to, the po- to this podcast? Because it was such a big thing on the internet that if you're listening to this podcast, you should have heard of it. And two... Well, I don't know what two was. I, I completely lost my train of thought. Um, that's not an uncommon occurrence. No, that's not an uncommon occurrence. Um, and, and like this, like the game, my brain gets derailed and breaks all the time. Um, <laughs> so in Goat Simulator, you play as a goat who unleashes goat mayhem on the entire town. You can jump onto things. You can jump over things and that'll earn your points. You can do. Flips in the air, and that'll earn your points. I'm um, really bad at flips in the air. I am too. Go, go, go! Do a bunch in the the um the gravity free zone. Oh, that's a good idea. Oh, I'm so dumb. Okay. Yes, yes, you are. Maybe I will. <laughs> okay. Um, and yes, they do have a gravity free zone. Don't ask me how I know. No, that's not because you went and I found, found it. it. <laughs> kind of, it's pretty hard not to find everything on that map because it's a fairly small map. It is a fairly small map. Um. Did you find the hole, the black hole, by the way? The black hole? The no. one that you go into and then you get shot out of. But it's black and you can't really see anything in it. Yes. Yes. Like I did find the that. that of the field. Yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah, I, I was really excited when I saw that. I'm like, ooh! Yep, I found that while flying around. Also, I found a way to break the game. I found out how to fly. Um, 
It's really weird. Uh, anyway, so the game is based around, I guess, just being Suf- go- <laughs> Sufi and Gilly. Um, goofy and silly. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a physics sandbox, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so let's see, you can headbutt things, you can grab things with your tongue, move them this way and that way. And by the way, headbutting things will destroy almost any object in the world. Except you know? the truck. And, yeah. and the hillbilly. There, there are a few. The hillbilly, but most of them just blow up. Most of them just blow up. The hillbilly you cannot destroy with your headbutting, but there is a way to destroy him. Mm-hmm. There's an achievement for that. Have you gotten it? Yep. Okay. Dude, I think I have all of the achievements that you have and more. Well, I only played it for a little while while I was waiting for you to get... Yeah, done. I only played two hours. I don't know how it. I got to two hours. I was just playing it and playing it and playing it, and then I discovered the, the Mattress Madness... Uh, achievement and i discovered where you're supposed to get that achievement and then it took me like a good half hour to actually achieve the achievement because what's I the kept mattress madness up. achievement you have to bounce on uh between like between mattresses a hundred times in 30 seconds and there's this one spot in the construct construction zone where there are mattresses on the floor and on the ceiling so you you start bouncing a few times and you know you start bouncing higher and higher each time and then eventually you get to the point where you're bouncing between the mattresses on the floor and the ceiling really, really, really fast. But it's really hard to control the goat when you're going that fast because it, you know, it start it tends to like drift a little bit. And yep. so if you're not careful, you'll just like go out of the mattress zone and no longer be bouncing on mattresses. Yes. So that took a while. <laughs> um, anyway, so as you can kind of tell, the game is absolutely crazy. There's a few different, um, Skins that you can unlock and special powers that you can unlock. Um, so you can be either the demon goat. Mm-hmm. Did you get that one? Yes. Okay. Where you sacrifice five people, which yep. gives you the power to um, basically make a little gravity ball in front of you. Get Take random objects that are somewhere in front of you, then have them sitting and floating in the air, kind of like a giant um, Katamari game. Um, <laughs> button goat simulator. Um, so you can become the queen of goats. Where you, whenever you press the R button, a goat falls nearby yep. you. Um, I think two goats fall. Just one. Every time. Really? Yeah. Huh. I hope Maybe so. Anyway. Maybe. Um, oh, one sec. <coughs> Lovely. <sighs> At least it wasn't into the mic. Um, the mic appreciates. Yes, I'm sure my ears and your ears do as well. Anyway, um, uh, let's see. Uh, you can become the uber bulk goat. Did you get that yes. one? The ripped yes, out I goat? By, by defeating all of the goats in the goat ring? Yep. Let's see, did you find the, um, the I became the queen. Baseball launcher? No, I did not. Okay, you can attach, um, uh, one of the baseball pitcher things, um, to your back and run around and shoot baseballs at people too. <laughs> uh, um, I know that you did not go to space. There's there's this one part where it's it's kind of near the hillbilly uh, driving around in circles. Um, you'll you'll see some crop circles and there's like a beacon in one of them. Yeah. And there's a, another peg where you can put a beacon. And I forget where I found it, but I found the other beacon, brought it over there, put it on there, and then a UFO pops up above you, sucks you up, and then uh, you're in space and you f- can't do anything. <laughs> no, I found the other beacon and then it disappeared. So I thought that it, when I touched it, went on to... What? Weird. Weird. Anyway, maybe I'll have to go and play it again. Maybe. Um, also, you so like it. you can break the game by flying. And the way that I discovered that you can fly is if you try and... Okay, if you knock a goat down with your headbutt thing, 
then use your um I'm gonna suck the goats into the uh um vortex, the demon vortex thing on them. Then once mm-hmm. they stand up, they become rooted and they start flinging you around the entire map. <laughs> That's funny. And so you just you you kind of fly erratically around the map. You can't really control it that much. Um, but then if you use it again while you're in midair, it grabs onto nothing and it starts flinging you around even more. Yep, and uh, you can actually do that without the goat part. Like if you if you end up flying and ragdolling while the demon goat, any time that you use the demon power, uh, yeah, it'll start like twitching you around and like you know going in different directions. Yep. I almost got onto the. Stu- Actually, I almost got the hang glider like three or four times with that. I managed to get the hang glider. <laughs> I forget. I forget why I was up there. Oh, right. I just I went up there to try to do the the like front flip ten times one. Uh, but then I just you know as I was jumping off, I was like, hey, the hang glider's right underneath me, and so I licked it. <laughs> Flying around. Yep. Oh, that goat. Probably the only human that I haven't killed in that game. Pretty much. Um, let's see. Also, if you combine the the queen goat power plus the demon goat power, it gets to be terrifying. Oh my god! You have some great screenshots of that. Um, so, as I said, it summons a goat whenever you get the demon or whenever you get the queen power and hit the R button. You, if you press it a bunch of times, you can get a bunch of goats to fall. You can suck them up with your demon power, and then they fly everywhere in their tongues stick out like a giant tentacle monster that you would find somewhere in a Japanese movie. Um, I'm not telling you what kind. Use your imagination. Um, it's active. It's active. Oh, it's very active. Um, anyway, so I did that, and I actually walked onto the uh, the treadmill with that whole thing. Oh, oh boy. Got the treadmilling, <laughs> the treadmilling thing with that. Um, and that actually flung me up and around up onto the house, like, through a wall, essentially, to the point where I was sitting on top of the garage. I had glitched into this little space that's next to the office, the little roof that's on top of the garage, and was stuck in there. (laughs) That's when I, that's when, just about when you had said, okay, it's time to play Borderlands 2. And I was like, oh, wait, dang it, I'm stuck. Okay, time to leave. Then I found that I could respawn (laughs) once I opened up the menu. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the custom games are silly. Or the custom goats are silly and stupid, too. So there's, let's see, there's Feather Goat, which is an ostrich. There's Tall Goat, which is a giraffe. Where did um, you find those in the menu? I, I custom had game. no idea. Okay. Hmm. There should be something that shows you on there. You can, um, I'll show you a little later. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> what would you say is a reasonable price for this game? Well, it's 10 bucks. And is that a reasonable price for it? I'd say buy it on sale if you can, but if you can't wait for that silliness, buy it at ten bucks. I I would say honestly, Goat Simulator is like just knowing that it's a thing, you know, knowing that it's it exists is kind of enough. Like if you hadn't had it, I wouldn't have gone and bought it. And you know, like I played your copy, so I didn't I didn't have to pay anything. And even the two hours that I put into it, I'm like, why did I spend two hours playing Goat Simulator? <laughs> But, I mean, yeah, it was silly. It was fun. Um, I'm probably not going to go back to it. Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about all the different special goats The on the custom game. Oh, well, do you want to? Sure. There's just a few that you can, the or the few ones that have silly powers. So there's there's Goatborn, or Dova Goat, whatever you want to call it. But you can ah. shout. You, you can use Fusro Da, 
I was thinking of Jason Bourne at first. <laughs> Not quite. Um, I think there's a Yoshi goat because it's called the Italian dinosaur goat um, where you eat things um, and then you poop them out as bombs behind you. <laughs> so you lick it, you eat it, and then you poop it out. Um, there's, let's see, there's a blue goat where you hold the R button. You That was the one where you're like, what, what are all those noises? Um, you press the R a bunch of times really quick, and then you get into the spinning circle. You turn blue, and then you shoot off really quick. So that's obviously a reference to Sonic. Ah. Um, I don't know. The whole game is just filled with silly things and goofy things, and it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a good time waster if you want to find a way to waste your time. <laughs> it's a good stress reliever because you get to go and blow things up and be stupid. Yeah. I've, I almost feel like, you know, there there are other games that can fill those needs, though, that, you know, offer more replayability. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, for example, I mean, Ben was asking me, should I buy Goat Simulator or should I pay, buy Space Engineers? And I'm like, well, Space Engineers will probably last you longer, you know, and it'll remain interesting yeah. throughout its lifespan. Whereas, you know, Goat Simulator, it's like, it's a tiny map. They are coming out with a new one, and there, you know, there are, like, mods available, but I mean, headbutting things and making them blow up is, you know, funny for only so long to me. Or breaking the map. I got flung out of the map a few times and then spun around the map by the physics engine. I, somehow I managed to fall through the map within the first five minutes. I mean, I did that too, but... <laughs> and that was the only time that I fell through the map. I was like, did I... Wow, did I break it already? Like, <laughs> that, was, that was amazing. Yes. So I took a screenshot of that. Good job. Uh, let's see, what kinds of, what kinds of new releases do we have coming out? Uh, well, one that I believe recently came out, it's out, or should be out already, is Dark Souls 2 is now out on PC. So now even PC gamers can go and be frustrated again with the most difficult game of <laughs> all time, filled with nope. And luckily this time they actually, you know, made a reasonable port for PC, you know. No more of this locked at 1024 by 768 at 30 frames per second nonsense. Ew. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to play uh, Dark Souls two or Dark Souls one on PC, you absolutely like have to go and get the mod that unlocks the frame rate and resolution. Yeah, I will have to do that. <laughs> and of course, you have to play with the controller because they did not like put any effort at all into the mouse controls. <laughs> and yeah. that's that's a little bit more acceptable than locking the resolution. Like, what on earth is that? That's the know. dumbest thing ever. I agree. We shall see. We shall see. Because I'm planning on playing that game, well, or at least having it as... Oh, sorry, I needed a stretch. Um, Once I get a controller that I can use, mm -hmm. I'm planning on eventually trying that game out. Me too, but yeah. Because I have the first one. I need to get a controller, but I want to get a Steam controller, but those don't come out until next fall, which is when I'm in Sweden. Uh... My life. Wait, so what's going to happen to the podcast while you're in Sweden? I don't know. We'll have to figure that out. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's there's no way for us to test whether or not video calling to Sweden is, like, viable until I'm there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if, it, and if it works well enough, I am totally willing to put the effort into, you know, continuing in the fall. Otherwise, yeah, we'll have to figure something out. Yeah. So that's it for this episode. Well... Thanks for joining us, everybody. I'm Ian Buck. And I'm Ian Beck. Signing off.
My mic sounds nice. Check one. Anything in your Steam wallet so they can take all that money away. They can sell all your trading cards and all your Team Fortress 2 no, items. my precious trading cards. They can't take them from me. That's what you think. You remind me of the babe. What babe? The babe with the power. What power? The power of the voodoo. Who who do? Do what? Remind me of the wait. Wait. Oh, you, you do. That up. I did <laughs> mess it up. Do what? <laughs> do what? Remind me of the babe. Big week. That was. Do that again. Yay! <laughs> This time, I am I am almost positive that I did not do that. That I did not have it in the stupid electricity on position. Almost positive. So, Ian, have you tried the new Google Camera app? Yes, I have. How is it? So the the addition that I like the most mm-hmm. is when you so when you're when you're doing video, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You um do so. Say I'm in the camera app. Yep. And I decide to go into video mode. Man, you look so much better through the camera app. If I, you're you're so much brighter. It's so nice. <laughs> anyway, uh, so you see that rotating icon? Yeah. Yeah. That's there to tell people don't take vertical vertical. Oh, videos, really? You idiot. I've never taken yeah. video with the new one yet. It, oh, it, go it disappears. That. That's fantastic. How do you get into video mode? Uh, oh, you have video. to swipe yeah, okay, from like the left. So what happens if you do take it in portrait? It'll let you. Okay. Yeah, it's not it's not that mean, but yeah. Um, not that mean, huh? I don't know. I mean, I uh, I, think I understand great. why they want to have a giant like take picture button. Um, so I, I've been reading about why they did that. So there's two reasons. So in the picture mode previously, what would happen is it would crop it would crop part of the picture for uh, some reason or another. And, because they're taking four by three pictures. Right. And so with that big button, you can't miss. I always would miss that little blue button. Now imagine also on a tablet, this would take the entire side of the tablet. It'd be much oh, easier yeah. to hit. Um, and, and so this also eliminates that cropping problem. But also, like, but when you're in video, yeah, it's it is transparent. 16 by 9. Yeah, okay, but so it's, it's transparent. transparent. I see it. Okay, good. Yeah. So it's really nice. I think they did a great job, and it's like, what took so long? Now, what is unfortunate, though, is that this is one of the Play Store versions, and so no stock Android ever in the future will ever have this again. Well, people need to use, like, Google Android anyway. I understand. I'm okay with that, too. Unless Hera takes place, in which case there will be a mass exodus that I will perpetuate in the world. Unless they they don't fuck it up. But I don't That's think... That's a possibility, right? It's not. It's not. It's just not. <sighs> Have you seen it? Like, here, let me I've, send you a link I've to seen, the... I've seen the supposed screenshots of it, which I don't believe because they're being taken with HTC Sense. Not all of them. So oh. here's a link to some crap. I don't know why that link looks so hideous. But, like, so this... Because that's, that's the redirect. Oh, okay. I don't know what I clicked on. <laughs> did it work? Okay. Yeah, it did. Well, so yeah. if you look at those oh, screenshots... No. This is the new Google Plus app, which actually looks okay, I guess. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the top, it is clearly not sense. It's clearly just a stock build. Yes. The, the icons match up. And and the yeah, the home button and everything are normal now. Yeah. So I don't know. I just don't I just don't know. Well, I mean what is 
Like that. This one isn't oh. egregious. Like G- the Gmail app, though, uh, from a few weeks ago, that thing needs to well, be yeah, destroyed. Well, yeah, but that doesn't have to do with Hera. Yeah, That's it just does. Each individual app's. Uh, it's all a part of the Hera design language piece of garbage. Oh, oh okay. I thought I thought we were talking about Hera in terms of the specific uh, making the the multitasking view include like web pages. So the way I think about it is, imagine Chromecast, but for Android. So in other words, instead of Chromecasting video, imagine Chromecasting applications to devices and other devices. So that's the point of hair. It's taking an application, abstracting it in such a way that it can appear simultaneously on all devices you happen to have running. It's Chromecast, but for applications. It's Chromecast for devices. Don't worry about it. I'll have to see. Yeah, I'll have to see more of it. 